2 Corinthians chapter 3. I draw your attention to the last verse in the chapter, the verse 18. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. This is what we surely want in the year ahead. That which is described in this verse. We should desire this as individual believers. We should desire this as a congregation. We should especially desire this and experience this every time that we come to God's house. And may it be so. Every time that we come to God's house throughout this year, this new year, 2024, every time that we gather around the Word of God, if there's one thing that we should pursue and pray for, would not this verse express that very one thing? All of us with open face, seeing in the glass the glory of the Lord, and being therein transformed by the Spirit of the living God. Here is described for us our most crucial concern as saints. The thing of primary importance for us. The Lord Jesus said, one thing is needful. He said that in the context of Mary who sat at his feet and heard his word. She spent the time there at his feet. She wasn't cumbered and taken up with much service. Because it was a time of coming apart. A time of bending with the Lord and around his word. As we do in our meetings. It's a time for us not to be cumbered. But a time for us to be around the Lord, around his feet and around his word, undergoing this experience. So the one thing needful that Mary is enjoying is this very experience that we read in our text. David in the Psalm 27 said, one thing. Again, he's thinking of the one thing needful. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after. That will I pursue. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. All the days of 2024. To behold the beauty of the Lord. To see the Lord. And so David also in a kind of way is speaking of what is contained in our text, of something akin to this. One thing. And then also whenever our Lord Jesus Christ is our great high priest who ever intercedes for us among the many petitions that he offers on our behalf is this to his Father, sanctify them Through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And our text here. 
actually describes for us what Jesus is praying for, praying about. The sanctification, the change unto holiness of God's people through the word. So 2024 then, if we are spurred to see it all, and if we have health and strength and the desire, will be a year of opportunity to attend the means of grace, to hear the preaching of the word, and to sit at the Lord's table. A year of opportunities. And every opportunity thus described will be blessed if it entails what our text is describing. So not one Christian should want to miss out on this. This is something that we all need, that we all ought to desire. And so the first thing that I especially draw your attention to in the text is is that expression, we all. Every Christian can enter into this and does and ought to, ought to enjoy this. Every Christian has this privilege. We all. None are excluded. And none are to exclude themselves by negligence. We all should be here. This is not just for some Christians. This is not just for mature Christians and not for lesser Christians who are perhaps new believers. No, we all, every child of God is the Lord's. Every saint has the word of God. Every believer has the means of grace in the mirror of the means of grace. Every believer can look into that And all ought to. None must omit themselves. Every one of us ought to enjoy this, experience this, participate in this. Every Lord's Day, every meeting in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, every time we have these gospel opportunities Every time we participate of the privileges given to us by God in this house, every time we come to God's house, every time we are around the word of God, we all have the spirit and these opportunities we should not want to miss out. We should not want to neglect the means of grace. If we have health and strength and all things being equal and well, let us not be remiss in the desire. The Lord wants you all to commune and participate in the challenge of grace that he has opened up in this house, in the river of grace that flows through here. He wants us all to participate. Everyone is to come to God's house. Everyone is to gather Everyone is to meet in his name and around his word. And we feel it if some have not the desire and if some have not the interest. If even one is missing, we feel it because 
The Bible says we all, we all, and we want that, don't we? All of us, I trust. Well, whenever we do gather and the all of us are participating, what is it that we are doing? What is it that we want to do around the challenge of the means of grace? What is the main thing that we do? It's described here for us, beholding. We all, with open face, beholding as in a glass. And so I I underline that expression, beholding as in a glass. This is what we all are to be doing. Beholding, seeing, looking, stirring with our eyes of faith. Yes, this comes through ear gate. We hear the word, but the word is so unique and special that we see and we're beholding. And we come not merely to hear as it were, for the word to go in one gate and out the other ear gate, but we hear so that the word comes into the faculty of the eye of the soul. And we see, we see him who is invisible, we see by faith, because faith, this eye of faith, comes by the hearing of the word. And so every time that we gather together, we are all coming to see. We're all coming to behold. Christians, you see, are a seeing people. Christians are ones who can testify and say, I once was blind, but now I see. And I want to see more. And I want to look with these new eyes that I have to see the Lord, these new spiritual eyes that God has given me, I want to use them and I want to see. To see with them. Because he's given us them to see. And we come, we all are beholding. We're all looking. We're all stirring in God's house. And God's house is about seeing. And the word of God is the means of seeing and beholding. As we quoted Psalm 27, one thing have I desired of the Lord, to behold, to see the beauty of the Lord. Not just to hear the word. Everybody hears the word. But only Christians see. See. We want to see. To see what? Not ourselves. Not one another. Though that is good and important and has its place. We love that too. We love to see you all. We love to see each other. All of us. We love that fellowship among us. But that is not the subject of the text. And that is not the primary thing. And that is not what it is mainly about. No, we are all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord. We're beholding the Lord's glory. We're not seeing ourselves. We're not staring at ourselves, but we're staring at the Lord. 
and 2024, our prayer ought to be, we want to see the Lord. We want to see the glory of the Lord. And of course, that's Christ. Christ alone, he's the glory of God. We see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, Paul tells us. In this same epistle in the next chapter. We read in Hebrews that Christ is the brightness of God's glory. The express image of his person. John tells us the word was made flesh. We beheld his glory. The glory of the only begotten of the Father. The glory of God. The glory of the Lord. So whenever we come together 2024. As we look and stir. We only want to see one and that's Christ. And that's why I only preach Christ. Every time. This pulpit is not a pulpit of issues. And endless subjects. This pulpit is a pulpit of. The showing forth in the word. The only thing worth seeing. And what the word is all about. The glory of the Lord. Christ. Christ. Moses prayed, show me thy glory. The psalmist said, to see thy power and thy glory. To see the glory of the Lord. It was Isaiah, Gospel of John, he writes and he tells us about Christ. Isaiah saw his glory. He's talking about Isaiah chapter 6 and John is telling us that that glory, that one upon the throne in Isaiah chapter 6 was Christ, was the only begotten of the Father. Isaiah saw his glory and Isaiah wrote about him and all of Isaiah is about him, the glory of the Lord that he saw even as he was called into the prophetic ministry. He saw his glory and we can also see this glory and we have the eyes to see it. John saw this glory as we saw in our studies in the Revelation in Patmos on the Lord's day. It was a great beholding session as he saw all the glory of the Lord and give it to us in the book of the Revelation. And that's what we want throughout 2024, isn't it? Of course we do not expect to see this glory of the Lord directly. Not face to face. We can't see the glory of the Lord face to face. Not yet anyway. No, we must wait the last day. We must wait the resurrection from the dead. We must await the coming of the Lord. And our resurrected glory. And seeing him as he is face to face. No, that's for the new cosmos, the new age, the face-to-face. But now we can see him in the glass that is referred to here in verse 18. Not face-to-face, but nevertheless in a certain way, through a certain medium, and that medium is the glass that is the mirror of the word of God. 
So I draw your attention now to the mirror, to the glass, in which this glory of the Lord is revealed. And, and that, that's this. This is why this is always central here. Because there are no means of grace without the mirror. The channel of grace, the river of grace, does not flow through us. And we can't gather around it and look into its crystal glass surface to see the glory of the Lord without this. This is the river of Zion. This is the crystal clear waters of the word of God into which we look to see the reflected glory of our King of Zion. So there are no meetings without the mirror. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 12 says, Now we see through a glass darkly. Because you see, that's what mirrors were like in ancient times. They weren't the clear, you know, crystal thing that we have today. You, you, you just see you need a perfect image of yourself. No, they, they were highly polished copper or brass, and they were darkly images. Not a perfect reflection of yourself, but nevertheless a fairly good one, and they were sufficient for the job, and the Bible is like that. Not giving us the perfect image of him who is the image of God, but giving us enough of it for it to be changing and transforming us. The word of God, the mirror of his word. So no meetings without the mirror. No meetings without the glass, darkly. No beholding the Lord without this, apart from the word of truth, which is why we always preach the word. We always have the word central. We refuse to put the word into a corner because the word is like the river that we gather around and we see the Lord in its surface. And how blessed and privileged we are to have this sea of glass to see him. So the divine scriptures show us light. They reflect God. They radiate the Redeemer. And 2024, we trust, will be a year of that. Beholding the Lord in the glory of his word. And so you can be sure the glass will be central as in previous years. Every meeting, every time we come together, we'll be looking into the mirror of the word. And the minister will continually hold forth the mirror, the glass of the word. And he will continually say, here, look, look into this. Behold and see the Lord. Looking on to Jesus, always will be saying, look, consider him here. Do you not see him in the book? Here he is, our Lord, our Prince of Glory, our Redeemer, our friend, our lover, our all, Jesus Christ. Notice also how we are to do this beholding as in a glass because the apostle does not just say we all beholding as in a glass. He says something very interesting here. He says, 
we all with open face. Open face. What does that mean, open face? Well, we have all open faces today. Uh, we see one another. In some countries, they wear a veil. It's not an open face. And so what Paul means is that we have to look into the mirror of the word without a veil, with an open face, with uncovered face. What does he mean? Why would he even use this language? Well, he's been talking about a veil, you see. And Moses had a veil. And in the Old Testament, there was this veil. And Israel, they still have this veil over their eyes. And they still look into the mirror of the word. But, but there's nothing happens in their heart because they have this veil that covers them. And you can't profit from the word unless the veil is gone. And you're looking in unveiled into the word. What does that mean? Well, it means that you must be a Christian. That you must be one who believes in Jesus Christ. There's no glory seen. There's no radiance on your face. There's nothing happens if you hear the word and you read the word, but a veil remains. There's nothing happens because you have to be a believer in Christ. So Paul is talking about the Old Testament veil. The veil that is over Israel even today, and they don't see, they read the Old Testament and they have nothing to do with Jesus, they have nothing to do with Christ, and they don't understand the Old Testament. They think they do, but they don't have the key, they don't have the unveiled face that is Christ. They're still reading it materially and without any respect to Christ, and they're still looking for something earthly without any respect to Christ. And we can't read the Old Testament like that. We have to read it with an uncovered face, knowing that as we are believers in Jesus Christ, we know that all of it, and we may not understand all of it, but we know that he has fulfilled all of it. That is all fulfilled in him. Who we believe in and who we trust in. So that now when we read the scriptures and come to the word of God. We see him everywhere in it. And as we look for him in it. We benefit from the word of God. And so we don't read the Bible as Jews. Rejecting Christ. But we read the Bible as believers in Christ. And we read the Bible as those who know that Christ is the key to Scripture. And that he is at the right hand of God in the heavenly Jerusalem. Who has fulfilled it all. And has all that we need and has been promised in the Scriptures. In Christ all the promises of God are yea and amen in him. And because we see this unveiled now. We profit from the scriptures in the way that the Holy Spirit blesses us. We see the true meaning of the Old Testament scriptures and the Spirit blesses us. So we have to know that we are exposed to Christ when we read Exodus 12 
from the Passover and Sinai and the giving of the law we're reading about Christ and Isaiah and all this promise concerning Zion and Jerusalem we're reading about Christ and what he has accomplished in his death for his people so if you don't believe in Christ and if you don't see Christ in the scriptures you have a veiled face and you'll never benefit from the word of God. You won't get anything out of the word. The main reason why people don't get any benefit from the word of God is very simple. They're not converted. They're not converted. They're still veiled. No matter how much they hear it, they don't see we need to be converted. We need to be a truly converted people, a truly believing people, to benefit from the word, to see the Lord of glory. And we also need something else as true believers. We need the Holy Spirit. Because the verse says here, as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. There's someone else with us. There's someone beside us. There's someone accompanying us as we look into the mirror of the word. We're looking into the mirror of the word to see Christ, to see the glory of the Lord. And there's this Holy Spirit present who is benefiting us by the word and by looking and doing the work and the change that only can come about through his ministry. The Holy Spirit is needed. The Spirit of the Lord. And may 2024 in this house be a year of the Spirit among us. More and more. We need the Holy Spirit to make the Word effectual to us. Do we really know the Holy Spirit congregation? Do we really believe in Him? Our creed says, I believe in the Holy Ghost. Do we ever think about Him? Do we endlessly pray for him and his presence and his ministry? Do we not realize that he alone it is that illuminates our mind? That we can look all day unveiled unless he is present, illuminating us and working in us through the mirror of his word. So we need the Holy Spirit. He shows us the things of the Lord. Didn't Jesus tell us that? He shall glorify me. He'll receive of mine and he'll show it unto you. It's not enough for the preacher to show it unto you. That won't be enough to maintain your interest. That won't be enough to benefit you. You need the Holy Spirit. And the preacher needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you as the hearers need to be filled with the Holy Spirit as well. No man can say Jesus is Lord because no man sees Jesus as Lord without the Holy Ghost. When the Comforter has come, Jesus says, whom I will send unto you, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. He will show you. He will make it clear. And when he comes down upon us, we see. We see a sight that changes us. 
We read in the book of Zechariah that God says, I'll pour out upon the house of David, the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. A day is coming when he'll do that. The spirit of grace and of supplications. And they'll look upon me. They'll see me then whom they have pierced. They'll look upon me. And they'll mourn for me as one mourneth for his son. As one mourneth for the bitterness of the death of a firstborn They'll see, but they only see when the Spirit of God is poured out. We only see Christ. We only mourn for him and we only love him the way that we ought as the Spirit of grace comes upon us. So we need to pray for more of the Holy Spirit, more and more of the Holy Ghost. The the next hindrance to benefiting from God's word is absence of the Spirit. The people of God may be saved and believing and having their meetings, but the Spirit so grieved away, so quenched, that there is very little of the beholding and the transformation and the blessing and the profit that really should be felt and experienced when one comes to the Word of God We need never to grieve the Holy Spirit. But let us grieve our sins and our pride that drives him away. It's not the sins of others that drive him away, that we lambast and preach so much against. It's not that that's driving him away so that we do not benefit from the word, but it is our sins that we're not so quick to lambast. That drives him away. Let us mourn our sins congregation. And that's the first thing that happens. When the spirit of grace and supplication comes upon us. He humbles us. So that we are a humble people. Not a self-righteous people. Lambasting here and there and yonder. But a humble people. Who just look into the mirror of the word. To see our meek and lowly Jesus. Our Lord. The next thing is we do this. Why do we do this? Why do we come together? Why do we look? Why do we depend upon the Holy Spirit? Why do we see Christ? What's the point? What do we hope to have? In this experience of beholding. Is it just about a good time? Is it just about warm, fuzzy feelings? Good meeting? Is it just about intellect and enlightenment and getting some intelligence, some knowledge merely? Is it just about that? No. What does the apostle say here? Looking into the glass, the glory of the Lord beholding it, are changed into the very same. Change. That's what we want. Transformation by the word of God. Transfiguration. Like as the transfiguration Christ had. We want transfiguration and transformation to be changed into that very same likeness that we see in the glass darkly. And that transformation is not taking place 
without participation, without the communion and the fellowship in the mirror of the word with the open face, beholding in the mirror of the word we have participation with the image of God. We have participation with the Lord, what our Bible usually translates communion. When it talks about the communion of the body and blood of Christ. True participation with Christ. True fellowship with Christ. Fellowship, yes, with one another, but the fellowship and the participation here is of us together with Christ in the mirror of the word. We get to know one another and that hopefully changes us as well somewhat better but not like the chains that we have when we fellowship with Christ. That's transformative. And so his grace and the communion of his grace and his fellowship, not face to face as I say, no, that would be the total change, the total transformation, the full transformation in the face to face, but a true and partial transformation bit by bit from glory to glory as we commune with our Lord in the mirror of the word in the union of the Holy Spirit between us. So we have the means of grace for this participation. The preaching of the word and the Lord's table. The communion of the body and blood of Christ. We have these means of grace so that we can participate in the fellowship with our Lord. And we've had blessed times, I trust, around the word and around the table. And may 2024 be even better. May the Lord multiply his blessings to us as we have fellowship with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. You remember the Apostles they continued steadfastly in the word, in the apostles' doctrine, and the participation, the fellowship. And that's not the fellowship with one another. That's the communion with Christ. The fellowship with him. And in breaking of bread, and in prayers, it's all Christ-word fellowship. And that is transformative. And that's what God's house is all about. It's not about entertainment. It's about communion. It's about fellowship with the Father and with the Son in the mirror of the Word, enjoying the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's what it's about. And this change is glorious, from glory to glory, because it's a change that's preparing us for something glorious, that's preparing us for glory itself, for heaven, for what we call the beatific vision, when at last we shall see him face to face, and no more need the mirror of the word. It goes. It goes. The mirror darkly goes. But not till then. Then face to face. But not now. We need this. This is our all. In Christ, in the word, we commune with Christ. So, Moses' face caught a reflection of God's glory by being in his presence. And if we're in the mirror of the word, we get that 
reflection, that glory that will transform us. Do we want 2024 to be a year of being more like Christ? I suggest that's what we should aim for. That we as a church should aim for being a church that's more like Christ. That's looking into the word to see Christ. To become more holy, more godly. This is the way, brethren and sisters. Let me make a suggestion then for 2024. Let this be the year we look into the word, not just to see ourselves as sinners. That's important too, to look into the mirror and see ourselves. But we're Christians now, and the veil is removed, and we have Christ, and we are converted. And we don't look now just to see our sins. We look to see what we are to become. We are to become like Christ. So we're going to look into this word to see what we're going to become in the grace of God. What we're going to be like. And I want that to be our focus. To see our wonderful Lord here. To see his grace. To see his loving kindness. To see his beauty. To see his gentleness. To see his sweetness. That's what we're going to be like. You're becoming like that people of God. You mightn't think it. You're not it perfectly yet. It's not a full transformation. But you're heading that way. So I don't want you to be depressed in 2024. And keep on saying. I'm so unlike Christ. I'm such a sinner. And it is true. But don't despair. Don't despair. Don't be sad. Keep looking. Keep looking into the mirror of the word. Don't let Satan say, look, you're so unlike Christ. Just You might as well stop looking. No, keep looking. Looking to what you are going to become. So that you won't despair. But you'll be encouraged. And you'll say, I can't miss a meeting. Because I want to be a little more like the Lord. And I have to be here. To see that taking place. So let this be our resolve, our prayer for 2024. That we all with open face beholding the glory of the Lord as in a glass. That we may be changed into the same by the spirit of the Lord oh may the Lord come among us and help us for his own great name's sake Amen